women's running. running, running. Hi, I'm Molly Huddle, a professional distance runner, sponsored by Saucony, and two-time Olympian, and new mom as well. Yes, we are thrilled to have Molly Huddle on the podcast, and she is here to talk about how it all went down at the New York City Half Marathon, which took place Last weekend, Sunday, March 19th. Before we get to that, though, welcome to Women's Running Stories. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. And welcome to another one of our race reports. I am so excited to have Molly on the show for so many reasons. Molly is, yes, a two-time Olympian. She is also a national champion multiple times over. She has set American records She is a legendary champion in running, and she is also a very strong voice in the sport. Molly has written articles about running. She, along with her co-author Sarah Slattery, came out with the excellent book How She Did It, which was published just about a year ago. If you haven't gotten your copy, I highly suggest that you do. Molly is also the co-host, along with Alicia Montano and Rasheen McGettigan, of the fantastic podcast Keeping Track, where they highlight the stories of women athletes, often runners. And as you've heard me mention on this podcast many times, we teamed up with Keeping Track and Hear Her Sports to form the mini women's sports podcast network, Keeping Her Forward. And that small network has recently joined Evergreen Podcasts. So yes, we, along with Keeping Track and Hear Her Sports, are proud members of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Getting back to Molly, she is also a new mom. She gave birth to her daughter Josephine in April of last year, and she has been very intentional about publicly documenting her pregnancy and postpartum journey and the changes that motherhood has brought. On the racing scene, Molly started back to racing, doing some local races here in New England last year, and she made her return to the national stage just a couple months ago in January at the Houston Half Marathon. I feel like Houston was the first race since having my daughter where I was like, you know, I wasn't up in the front of the race, but I I worked my way up to a time that was like, you know, relatively close to a pre-baby fitness level. So that was exciting because every every race I had done before that was kind of building and I they were a little bit rough. They weren't races I normally would have done in the shape I was in, but this is something that's just a long process and I wanted to race throughout it. Otherwise I wouldn't race for, you know, a year. So this was the first time after, you know, I think it took five or six races and maybe like eight months before I felt close to, you know, my old com- competition level. Still not there, but close. And then I was hoping to build between that and New York half. But it actually was a tough month. I um, was actually supposed to do the U.S. half championships a few weeks before. And I ended up canceling because I, in one week, I had a really good workout and then sprained my ankle and then got COVID. So it was like quite a roller coaster of a week. I was like, oh, I'm, I was like, that's the best workout I've had, you know, since before, like probably a year before I had Jojo even. And then, yeah, turned my ankle and it was pretty bad. Like I got an MRI on it just to make sure I didn't break anything. And 
got sick with COVID, which fortunately wasn't too devastating. Like uh, everybody in the house just felt a little bit bad for a few days. And luckily my runs didn't feel too bad when I did come back. Cause I do know quite a few runners have had basically long COVID. Like they don't feel good in workouts or races for, you know, up to two months. And I was worried about that, but luckily I felt fine in my very next workout. But the ankle kind of was affecting my mechanics. You know, that's like, I haven't sprained my ankle badly in a long time. And it is one of those things that seems like, oh, just put some ice on it and give it a week off. But then there's always a lot of biomechanical stuff. I think distance runners are just so finely tuned and everything is so repetitive that like, there's always, I always have some kind of compensation after. So going into the race, I was a little bit, I felt like I wasn't quite as efficient as normal. And I was, I was a little worried about it. But um, I, I had hopes for a marathon after this. So I didn't, you know, I really wanted to kind of get back in the game and not lose too much of what I had planned on the calendar. With some cautious optimism around that ankle injury, Molly lined up on March 19th to race the New York City half marathon. She is a three time winner of this race with back to back to back wins 2015 to 2017. But the course has changed since Molly last ran it. It's a little hillier, there are more turns, and as Molly described it, along with the potholes that you dodge in New York City, it ran a little bit more like a cross-country course, which is another way of saying it's tough. And she was up against some great competition. Towing the line with her was returning champion Sinberry Tafiri, as well as two-time Olympic silver medalist in the 5,000 meter, Helen O'Beary. There was top Canadian pro Natasha Wodak, as well as several top Americans, Des Linden, Dakota Lindworm, and Erica Kemp among them, and they were all ready to throw down on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we get up at 4 a.m. for a 7 a.m. start, and the bus leaves at 5, so I had to I had to sort of wedge a lot into that hour because I had to pump and eat and get all my gear on, and usually I like to foam roll and stuff, and then we bust to Brooklyn, which took... I think it took about 75 minutes. There was a lot of traffic. Um, so w- we didn't have a ton of time to warm up. We got there at like 6.15 and the race started at 7. But I had to do a quick TV interview at like 6.40. Here with a familiar face, a three-time champ here in Molly Huddle. Your first time back here in New York City, though, since giving birth to your daughter last April. How has your pre-race routine and the training changed since then? Um, it's definitely a little different. Um, my training, I'm still a little bit lower volume. Kind of so I was kind of just like darting all over the place. Like I almost forgot to put my uniform top on I like unzipped my warm-ups and was like I don't have my bib number on and like I was just running around like a crazy person but on the starting line I kind of looked around and I knew who was there and I knew what fitness some of the women were in based on like some of their races in the last month and so I kind of already looked and said you know I think you can race with this woman and this woman and I talked on the bus with Natasha, one of the Canadian athletes, and she mentioned what pace she was aiming for. And I was like, okay, I think we'll have a little group with like these three or four ladies. I know I can't run, you know, whatever Helen O'Beary is going to run today. I probably can't run that just because this last month was so tough. And I already kind of was a little behind, like I was a little behind with the maternity leave and everything. So I thought, you're definitely not going to go with whoever the first two or three are if they end up going, you know, anything under 520 basically. So I just had those little like cautious rules, but the weather was tough. It was pretty chilly. 
you know, it's March in New York, you have to expect that. And it's very early in the morning, it was 7am. So I think it was, it was 31 or 32 degrees. And the wind was just like cutting, really cutting through you. But um, I tried to wear as many clothes as I could under my race uniform, which is typically not that much fabric. <laughs> so uh, luckily, I was warm enough. But yeah, it was it was a chilly wind for a lot definitely of see those runners in layers, because we have current temperatures down into the 30s. But it feels more like the 20s. Those gusts up to 30 miles per hour can really slow things down. Brian? Not exactly ideal racing conditions. But here we are for yet another incredible running of the United Airlines NYC half as the women get set to take their mark. I just wanted to find a pack and that's what happened. It split up pretty quickly. Um, I don't think the the first mile wasn't too bad up front, but then their second mile, it sounds like was five minutes to try and break it open. So, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone with that uh, in the shape that I'm in. So it was a pretty easy decision. Um, and we had a great group with us. You know, we were kind of changing the lead a little bit and we always had someone to run with in the wind. So that was great. It was Myself, Erica Kemp, Natasha Wodak, we were kind of chasing down Dakota Lindworm and Des was behind us, kind of like catching us the whole race. So uh, that was what my focus was, the race within the race and just trying to do my best in that pack and manage my body as best I could given the last month that I've had. So yeah, the ankle, I definitely wanted to feel it out. I didn't want to... You know, I want to be open-minded and and just say every 5K, you know, like if you need to back off, back off. If you need to drop out, you know, you might need to do that. You might feel okay. Like you should know, you'll know by halfway how this is going to go. And I'd say, um, you know, it wasn't, it, I felt a little inefficient, but I was still able to race the people I was around. You know, it was, it was great to have those women to run with, you know, Des was like surging at the end. And I was like, yes, like race Des, race Dakota, like they like, this is great. Like the last few races before Houston, I felt like I would just fade so badly. And in Houston and in New York, I was like, so happy to be like battling people at the end again, because that's, to me, that's like, that's like why I line up, you know, that's like a good race. That's like a sign that things are working or progressing, like when you really have you're with people at the end and trying to pass them and trying to like squeeze out that last like hundredth percentile. <laughs> so that was good to feel. You know, obviously I let the leaders go. They ran a really fast time on a very difficult course on a very difficult day. That was like definitely worth a few minutes, <laughs> I think, that course and that weather. So that Helen and um, Tafiri ran in the 67s is like pretty crazy because they're probably much fitter than that. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week. 
and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Helen O'Berry did come away with the win, and to Fury, last year's winner came in second. Molly had a strong race, finishing as the third American behind fifth place Des Linden and sixth place Dakota Lindworm. Molly did report that she did have some irritation from that ankle sprain, and time will tell how that all susses out and what she's going to put on the calendar next. But that is not the end of Molly's story here. Like I mentioned up top, Molly has been very deliberate about sharing her pregnancy and postpartum journey, and it was no different here. Like merging motherhood and your career is just such a like fraught topic in America. Like it's just we have so much work to do to make that easier and better. Um, that's why I want to talk about it. You know, and I talk about it a lot. So if I talk about it a lot, like I'll get asked about it a lot. Like I'm very grateful that New York Roadrunners uplifts the runners in the race so much. I think they really do a lot, especially the women's side, the women's fields. They really do a lot to bolster us and um, like make us shine. And so I'm always like really grateful for that, that New York Roadrunners do that and that they will take that that time and spend spend it on me in a race and say like, Molly, we want you to be the spokesperson for this race where we want to work with you and, you know, bring you more to the fans, like bring you more into the spotlight of the sport because of this storyline, maybe not because you're about to win the race. Over on the women's side, Molly Huddle, the American who's won this race three straight times from 2015 to 2017. She is back for the first time after having her first child in April. But the defender... Also in the field, we see Molly Huddle. I mean, 38 years old. She's still got so much running left in her. She's a three-time winner here at the New York City Half Marathon. And she's a two-time Olympian, obviously. But I think her best stat so far is that she's this new mom. And so we have to give it her give her a little shout-out because JoJo is back home watching Mommy. Of New York City as a two-time Olympian and a former American record holder, Molly Huddle has plenty of experience competing against the world's best. But 11 months after welcoming her daughter, Josephine, Huddle is tackling a new challenge by learning how to navigate her career as a professional runner and a mother. As a female athlete, planning your family is something you think about really long term because your body is your business. The priority shifts. I do think it's a powerful conversation to have to, you know, like know how much more physically demanding it is on the female athlete. Like the physicality of the motherhood is like undeniable when you're, especially when you're breastfeeding and yet your body is the one that changes and you have to, you have so many hormones that are different and like not necessarily supportive of sports, but I suppose some other changes maybe are supportive of sports. Like the endurance side of things seems to get better in some women, but yeah, it's definitely such a big effect on the woman it's almost like coming back from an injury even though it's not an injury like it's this huge journey and you've probably heard it before you know where someone is saying don't just say that moms are amazing or moms are so strong like actually help them like they sh they're amazing because they're always swimming upstream or they're strong because they're like shouldering way too much <laughs> so like let's actually help them and I, like this lack of support is really resonating with moms <laughs> I think it's a problem that we have obviously but yeah I think no matter what career you have it's like there's just that tension that everyone relates to if they're in that position. So like, that's, I think what, why women are stepping up and maybe taking the storytelling into their own hands. 
because they want it to be for a cause, for an end that will make this easier or like work better or like less stressful or just take the tension out of like, for example, like the career motherhood struggle. So it's like productive storytelling. Like we're not just, it's not just girl power. Like we're strong. It's like, well, we also like, we want this to happen. And so this is what we're going to show you and tell you. And (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of activism behind it. Molly has seen up close how powerful that activism can be. It's amazing how much has changed in a short amount of time. Like, I know it's not by any means fixed, but just like, for example, what Alicia was able to do with Anne Mother in a few years is like pretty unprecedented. The Alicia that she is referring to is Alicia Montano, Molly's friend, as well as her co-host on Keeping Track. Alicia herself is a former professional runner, an Olympic medalist, a multi-time national champion, and the mother of three children, and she has become a leading activist for moms in the world of elite and professional running over many years. And these days, her activism is most prominent through the work she does with the organization and mother, which she co-founded on Mother's Day 2020. And at this year's New York City Half Marathon, Molly benefited directly from and mother's work. Starting right at the half marathon, they had lactation support. Just, yeah, so crazy to see that show up at, you know, one of the next races I was doing. Like, I was like, where am I going to pump? Oh, like, Anne Mother is right here at this race. It's amazing. Even if it's not something that gets widely used, just like that it's there and reminds people that like lactation, if you're going to breastfeed, you're doing it every four hours, like for like a year. Like, it's a lot of time and energy. And so it's going to affect your career and we need to make it easier. And that starts by having places and time for you to do it built into the day. And so like, that's just a conversation that's important. And that was really helpful to have. Lactation stations are just some of the important changes that have been taking place to support professional runners with children or who want to become moms. Back on the racing front, as Molly is moving through her postpartum journey and returning to elite level racing, She's been thinking through what comes next. I'm sort of in a new phase of my career where I don't feel like I have to prove anything. Like this is just for me chasing down the goals that are special to me that I have left. And I don't feel like I need to like really kill myself or like hurt myself uh, if I don't want to. That being said, it's still hard to go into a race with the adrenaline pumping and like be 100% aware, even at this like veteran stage in my career. (laughs) Like I'm still sometimes not 100% aware of what I'm doing to myself, but I do think I've been a lot more gentle and a lot more just like, yeah, I don't know. It's like you take care of a little baby and then you look at your own body and you're like, okay, like I'm only going to be constructive. I'm only going to do empowering things. Like I'm not going to train through an injury if I don't have to. That's just, that's just my new viewpoint on the sport. And I do love it. Like even, even this last few years when I haven't been quite in the hunt for the win, like not my past peak performance self. I still love it. I still love finding the pack that you can race, that you should be racing and just like hanging on and then trying to battle to the finish line and how that feels. And, you know, seeing so many familiar faces at the races and just that whole running community is just really nice to be a part of and visit every couple of months at these races. And I like to train for something. Like I don't like training for no reason. Like I like to have that race out there and, there's still things I haven't done yet in the sport that like 
challenges I can set up that I want to do, you know, like running standards or running certain uh, road races I haven't before or trying to PR in like certain events. Like I feel like the marathon, I still have a lot to learn in that event. So, you know, I want to do maybe like one or two marathons before the trials and just get more under my belt. Try, you know, I've never raced in the super shoes for marathon distance. So I guess that might have an effect on the race and I might run faster. So, you know, just like the novelty of that and the running community and just being able to challenge myself right at that edge of like what I can do, like the very edge of what I can do is something I'll always like doing. Yeah. Just want to try and run a few fast races before the trials and then, and we'll see what happens after that. I will be excited to follow along and see what does come next for Molly in her racing as well as all of the other ways that Molly shares her voice through podcasting and book writing, articles, and wherever else she decides to focus her energies in support of women athletes and moms and moving the sport forward. Thank you so much, Molly, for coming on the show. It has been a long time in coming. I've wanted to have Molly on the podcast, and I am just so happy that that time has finally come. I, of course, will leave all the information you need in the show notes to keep up with Molly and the Keeping Track podcast. I will link to the How She Did It book and also to And Mother, and you can follow up and see all the great work that they are doing. And thank you to you for listening. I always value you being here. That is going to do it for this race report. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I'm your host and producer. I do wish you healthy, joyful strides forward. And for a little bonus here, Molly did share which super shoes she is excited to try in the marathon. So I'm going to have her close it out. Here's Molly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's taken a while to find the right fit for me, but the current ones, it's like endorphin elite version that Sockney makes. I really like these ones. They're more, to me, they feel like more, they're more for like a toe, like a toey, like a, runner who gets up on their toes less some of these shoes felt more like they were built for a heel striker so I just struggled in them but these ones I like a lot so I'm really eager to run a marathon in them even though I still am like I can't wrap my head around how we're all allowed to wear these but we are we're doing I'm just like this is what we're doing now okay I like these shoes I guess I'll just see what how many minutes I can shave off with them (laughs) women's running 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 there is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview changemakers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.